do this. Yep. Welcome to Odd Shaped Balls, a weekly look at all things rugby and NFL. So, uh, we've got the next week of the Six Nations coming up. Could not be more excited. It's a good weekend. It is. It's very exciting. Some big... Unless you're Italian. <laughs> that's, that's true of every weekend in the Six Nations, isn't it? Yeah, and in wars. <laughs> Either way, you're going backwards. Yeah, exactly. That was the implication of That was the idiom you were playing off, was it? <laughs> yes. Oh, very good, very yeah. good, very good. Thank God you're here to explain the joke. I mean, it's, if, if an education's worth anything, David, <laughs> it's uh, a little war rugby idiom explanation. Brilliant. Um, although, well, we'll, we'll get, we'll get on, to that, on to that in a sec, but I think, so fixtures, fixtures this weekend, they are exciting, they are interesting, but one way of looking at it is, why overthink it? There is, a, there is a chance Wales could get battered by England at Twickenham, or certainly, you know, mm-hmm. beaten well at Twickenham. Really good chance France could just go up to Scotland, just knock Scotland off, and we all think Ireland are going to batter Italy. Like, give me a good reason why none of those things might happen. Well, you, you're absolutely right. And what has worried me as a Scot uh, by birth, despite not by vocals, um, is uh, is so many people back in Scotland saying, oh, they've beaten France the last two years, they've got their number. But the last two years, one of them was a red card and then they could have won anyway, apart from a catastrophic brain fight in the last minute to not kick it off when the clock had yeah. gone red. And then the, the other one was that, that Scotland needed to win by, what was it? Nine points, something like that, something yeah. like, and that was that became apparent that that wasn't going to happen, and then they kind of tapped out. So the fact that Scotland has won twice in a row doesn't mean make me think that they've got their number. It's mm. it's it's rather worrying, um, and you know. I, week before I was ready to crown Finn Russell as the greatest mm-hmm. player alive and then he disappeared mm-hmm. against Wales. I still haven't got over the the Welsh defeat. How can you beat England? Yeah. And then lose to a county of England. <laughs> Who's Scotland gonna lose to next? Norfolk. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The East Midlands have got <laughs> bring, bring all their big guns to play at Murrayfield. I think you make a good point. I also think I'm worried. I'm worried for Scotland because I think Wales were really physical at the breakdown against Scotland. I think that was a big part of them unpicking Scotland's rhythm, not giving them the time they wanted on the ball. And France, their physicality the last couple of weeks has been monumental. Yeah. And people have been saying it looks good because it looks like the weather's going to be gash up in yeah. Edinburgh. But yeah, yeah. I, I think that plays into the French sand. They're monsters up Huge. front. The, 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 the strength of the, the Scots, bizarrely, is their back three. They need to be getting that ball out wide. Finn Russell being the magician in the centre and getting it to their wingers and, and just charging it down their throats. That's their only way that Scotland are going to win. They are not going to win well, if it starts being a mole and a ruck game. Especially Especially with the injuries, because the, yeah. the like, Rich Gray's out, Johnny Gray, um, looks like uh, Matt Ferguson yeah. isn't going to play either. So you've lost your biggest ball carrier, you've lost your two like rook noses, your physical presence in, in, the, in the middle of the park. Yeah. So that looks like it's going to be even worse for them. Yes, it, it, yeah, I, I can't, I'm, I'm worried. But the only time that Scotland do win is when they're written off. So yeah. that's the only uh, thing to hang on to. Or if the French bus like gets delayed. Yeah, or, or uh, they, yeah, or they, they just wake up all French. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever want to have a nice glass of red again, <laughs> we, best, we best march a few steps back in this one. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I can't, the, the uh, yeah, I, I, 
the French have become more reliable of late. They haven't been that sort of turn up and just not compete. Mm. So um, it doesn't look good for Scotland. But uh, yeah, I shall advance towards the weekend with some sort of pride and hope that I'm proved wrong. Yeah. If there's one area I think Scotland could attack France, it would be just pegging them back territorially and just starving them of possession and making them get a bit antsy and maybe bring out some of that, um, what would you call it, French uh, rash decision-making, let's put it. Yeah, but nah, I don't know. Antimac is is so much more level-headed than any fly-half that they've had since probably Thomas Castaner. I don't think... And Dupont as well. You've got two, yeah. two fantastic decision-makers on the pitch who don't seem to enjoy letting games go and don't seem to let other players get away. Yeah, and we've seen what Toulouse is like without them as well. You know, in the last they've lost three on the bounce now and they're sort of like completely unravelling. Yeah. So if they keep control of the game, then, um, you know, you're going to have to... I mean, we're going to. Ha- he's called the magician and he is going to have to perform some absolute magic if Finn Rosal can turn it around. Could you see Finn imploding? I could see Finn imploding. Well, he's now two yellow cards and one red out of uh, yeah. the last six, seven games. So, yeah, it's always a worry. It's always a worry. I mean, I, I adore him as a deity, but, uh, yeah, he's he, he, he does implode every now and then. It does, it does seem like every now and then he gets... Ju- everyone starts thinking, oh, he's, a, he's, he's turned the corner. He's more of that. Is this the influence of the French? Because he plays in France. Well, I do think that he's been... he's been That side of him has been allowed to flourish. Right. But he's also got a lot of other big players in that racing team who I think... He doesn't have to make all the decisions all the time. Right. And I feel like that's when he's at his best. Whereas I, I sometimes feel for Scotland, he's like... Yeah, Fuck yeah. it, mate. What a done. I'm off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have six cans of tenants back at the hotel. I mean, uh, uh, Ali Price is no shirker at scrum half, but he's no Dupont either. So, no, that's that, that's tough. I think we could go. You know, doing the basic thing, going on that team sheet. I mean, like, which Scottish player would you put in the French Finn. team? And, and even that's Scott, a push over Entomac. Uh, I think he's a bit. Yeah, I'd still go for Finn over Entomac. Um, would you go for Finn over any ladies? I think you might. Would you? <laughs> I, f- I feel like three podcasts in, you can be like, I made a life choice. I'm not gay. I just really like Finn Russell. <laughs> he's smooth little peach fuzz. Uh, look, the way he handles his balls. <laughs> it's it, it, it's playmaking fly halves. They do it for me. Him <laughs> and Marcus Smith. That's it. That's the threesome I'm after. That's it. <laughs> uh, I, I just I can't bear. Game manager fly half. So no. when these magicians come along, I just it just makes the game so much more exciting. Yeah, much more exciting and uh, sexy. Yeah, and it's that was one of the another reason why the Scotland Wales game was so uh, like they, they, that game to an erection is like walking into the North Sea. <laughs> <laughs> Strange metaphor to come to mind, um, but because. Dan Biggers is stoic man mountain. He looks like he's made out of marble. This yeah. absolute sort of. But I mean, I I'm not sure I'm ever going to forgive him for only passing three times. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I'm not sure I'm ever going to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is bad news for Dan, Dan Bigger. Um, he's throwing the towel in. I don't. I don't. I, I'm not bothered about playing anymore, boys. <laughs> David's not going to fuck me. I'm not fucking bothered, mate. <laughs> I don't know hanging up here. He calls me Di. Um, <laughs> Lady Di. <laughs> I was in Welsh for David. Come on, let's go to that bridge in Paris. Come on, you and me. You and me, bud. 
Um, no, well, I mean, I'm never going to forgive him for only passing three times in a Lions test. Mm. I mean, the, the nickname for a fly half is the ball slapper. You know, that is one of the many <laughs> nicknames because they are meant to is pass it? it on. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. What was the well, ball? Uh, because they're passing it on. They're, they're slapping it on to their attackers. Um, not the egg slapper, not ball slapper. But... I'm not sure it's better. <laughs> don't come here if you don't want your egg slapped. <laughs> T-shirts available next week. We'll have them in the store. <laughs> and you know, only passing three times it made it made rugby look the worst game in the world. It did, it did. I mean, I think everyone who watched that Lions series was just like, "This is not an advert for them." Also, I think in general, the Lions is in an interesting place because if you think back to like twenty, thirty years ago, Northern Hemisphere teams couldn't beat Southern Hemisphere teams no. by themselves, and the Lions coming together was a bit of an Avengers moment yeah. of you know, if we all come together, we can maybe yeah. pull off a victory. Now, we're in a place where the Northern Hemisphere, Ireland beat New Zealand twice out of five, England but beat New we've, Zealand. We've been here before when uh, England won the Rugby World Cup in 2003. Two years later, they went to New Zealand and everybody went, well, are the Lions going to be the same? When the world champions gang up with three other teams to go and take somebody, a really small yeah. island on. And then they got smashed 3-0. Yeah. So uh, there's still a magic about that. Uh, I think there is, but I, I think the Lions should maybe be a bit more like the Barbarians. I think the line should be, be a bit more like, yes, we want to win. We absolutely want to win. But we're going to win fun. We're going to win fun. That's the they, biggest... Then they're going to have to get a new head coach. They are. <laughs> because, they are. Uh, yeah. But um, the, the other thing, I mean, I said we'll wait till after the fixtures talk about it. This is crucial about the South Africa joining the Six Nations. So if they join the Six Nations, what, where, would, where does that leave the Lions? Yeah. You're, you're not going to tour. To, I mean, I know it's only for South Africa once every 12 years, but... They're losing something massive there. And, uh, you know, they're not joining the Six Nations. Them announcing it. It came from, it's like when an actor you've never heard of gets announced in the press as favourite to be the next Bond. Yeah. You go, yeah, the only people that <laughs> think this, don't even think this, the only people are saying this as this actor's PR agent. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't come out of the, the Brockley estate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the butler's overheard the Brockley's talking about a new actor. <laughs> He's definitely going to be the new Bond. No, that actor has paid a PR agent thousands of pounds to get <laughs> in the press and you go oh who is this string of piss in a cheap suit that thinks he's Bond <laughs> oh he must be a really good actor yeah. and then he gets it and he's you know it doesn't mean that he'll then start being referred to as yeah. the next Bond no one believes it it doesn't check Barbara Broccoli doesn't go who oh, all right then if the press say so but his stock raises in other respects and when his agent is bargaining for yep. other things now, well, yeah. he was thought was Bond yeah exactly Bond. exactly and that's what South Africa are doing there they're, they're announcing they're going to join the Six Nations and the Six. First part, Italy is one sixth shareholder they are. of the Six Nations. There'd be a huge legal ramification. Yeah. Huge. And QB, it's not, it's not QBE or QVC. <laughs> Whoever that private equity firm is that has a massive stake in the Six Nations now. You know more than I do. I don't know. Sorry. SAS, whatever it is. They, because they, there's a lot of rumors that it's them that are touting this because they see it as a lucrative market and a way to increase revenue, yada, yada, yada. But you've got to think, just on a business level, the amount of money in legal red tape it would take to yeah. get a one six, an equal shareholder, yeah. just because they're shit, doesn't mean they're less of a stakeholder yeah. in the Six yeah. Nations. Yeah. So to yank them out, put South Africa in, the, the, just the benefit of that doesn't seem, juice doesn't seem worth the squeeze. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially CVC. CV, oh, thank you very much. I knew it was, it was in that mix. Because um, especially because Italy are... There is some hope on the horizon. 
don't know if you've noticed they've seen their under 20s teams beat England two out of three times. Yeah, I've noticed twice. Wow. And England's under 20 team. No, they put 40 points on Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the under 20s have been a pretty good prediction of success. Like, you know, a couple of years ago, Tom Curry, Underhill. Um, you know, the crop of players, Sinclair, I think, crop of players came through the under-20s team. And before that, it was a George Ford, Owen Farrell, yeah, under-20s team. Yeah. Otoji. Uh, Otoji was the captain of that team that won the under-20s World That's Cup. That's right. And then, yeah. obviously, the French under-20s recently was yeah. Dupont and Ensemac. So those under-20s programs can be a good prediction, have been recently a good prediction. of. Is this your excuse for keeping eyes on under-20s? Uh, one of them. Okay. <laughs> the other one is their silky thighs. That's the... <laughs> That's the main one. Um, do you think? Uh, do you think Finn Russell could be a good Bond? Would you, would, you, would you put Finn Russell in at Bond? Would you have him there? Who would you rather have, Dan Bigger or Finn Russell as James Bond? <laughs> one, one swigging tenant. <laughs> what a Sophie's choice. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, on uh, you know, it's. Uh, I'm not going to be drawn on this. Um, <laughs> Finn's my Bond girl. <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> have what you like you can have what you like as James <laughs> Finn's, Finn's my pussy galore <laughs> yep very fair very very fair well should we have a little chat about the Eng England Wales game then yeah because yeah. that that feels like <laughs> did I sound enthusiastic enough <laughs> <laughs> if we must if we must, because I, I do, I feel I'm picking up what you're putting down. That has got the potential to be one of these games where a Celtic nation goes to Twickenham and they think, right, we're off the back of a good victory here. We're going to go to Twickenham and we're going to have these. And then England just turn up and like, oh, kick, maul, line out. You, you look up at the scoreboard. It's, yeah. You know, 15 point difference. You're like, oh. Uh, I'm still really excited about the Marth Marcus Smith uh, new, new England. I think it's uh, a really exciting new way of playing of actually distributing the ball to your wingers. Who knew that? that <laughs> thing, you know? um, and um, that's exciting. And, um, you know, Maritang Langi is going to be back. And you know, even if he doesn't do anything, he occupies so many defenders' minds, he's mm -hmm. going to open up space. So I think it could be a really exciting running game. I hope. There's no excuse not to. The only, yeah. the only yeah. reason to do it is that um, Eddie Jones has a cowardly mind. <laughs> um, a small cowardly mind. <laughs> uh, and his little mole-like head. <laughs> uh, because they've got they've got all the talent out wide, and you know if. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I think it will have to affect because we ne we don't know the squad, but they've announced that they've let lots of players go back to their clubs. We yeah. know that Launchby's gone back. We know that Marchant has gone back. So the only thing that there's only two members of the 25 that won't be in the squad come Saturday. Yeah. Uh, the only the only thing is is I think Eddie Jones would like to go the South African route of having six forwards on the on the bench and only two backs. But if you've got Mano in the side, you have to be prepared for him to get injured simultaneously from kickoff. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to think what they do with him because of that. Yeah. Do they, you know, lack, lack of game time and his sort of frailty. Because I think I think that was one of the reasons they played him on the wing in the autumn. That didn't oh, help. Didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> Scored a try, went off straight away. Yeah. But I, I wonder if that was part of their thinking, that they were like, if we can just keep him out of the traffic a little bit and maybe use him a bit more strategically. Yeah. But you, I don't think they will do this time. I think they'll put him in the centre with uh, um, the guy with the worst haircut in the world. Slade. That's the chap. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> no hesitation. Definitely no, Henry Slade. Slade. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
and he's a good fella. He could be Bond if he'd got a new hairdresser. Um, <laughs> so let's not talk hair. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, you, I, I think you've got to have Elliot Daly on the bench just to cover all options. You know, so yeah, and because you might lose Mano. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, which, which means that they're forced to have uh, a five-three split on the bench. So they're sending two forwards home. Which two are you sending home? Well, I, I was surprised about Launchbury, to be yeah. honest. I was surprised yeah. about that. I thought if you're going to bring a guy like that back into the squad, because yeah. you, you mentioned New England a second yeah. ago, and I was, you know, you look at some of those returns, Laws, Launchbury, Manu, and you think as much as Eddie Jones keeps talking about development, he keeps hanging on to the core it's of that really, Stuart Lancaster yeah. player group. Yeah. So I was surprised to see to see him to see him go because you do wonder sometimes. Well, in this recent campaign, I've wondered what is Eddie Jones really excited about with this team. You know, <laughs> I've been watching those under twenties too, mate. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> I like how slippery they look. Uh, in, in terms of how England play, <laughs> I wonder what he gets excited about. It, it, it doesn't seem like there's a clear focus necessarily. No, no, I don't think there is. Um, and uh, you know, he, he he changes with the wind of the way that he's going, which is you know he adapts and adapt, adaption is the way of tactics. You know, uh, and you know in the past he made he made the Japanese side good by being incredibly Japanese. Yeah, you know that he's always been this adapting coach really. Um, even in who was it that he coached in the English domestic games at Wasps? Saris. Saracens. Uh, yeah, so he immediately became dull, <laughs> um, forgettable, and no, have no fans. Um, so sad for them. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think he does adapt. But then he doesn't. He doesn't ever say, "Look, we tried something and we're changing." Yeah. He pretends that he wanted to do this the whole time. Yeah. And it means that you can't ever believe anything he says, or or, t and he gets so narky about it. Going, no, I've always said that you've, you know, no, yeah. you didn't. I can show you the footage <laughs> of the other interview. Yeah. Where you said kick and chase was the only way to play. Yeah. Rugby. He's got a bit of that Trumpy thing about him. Of like his truth, he, yeah, it, he just like, says it. Yeah, it has to be true. Because yeah. you're, you're right. I think some, I think some interviewers have confronted him about stuff like that, where you've said things like, "The only way to play international rugby is with a second distributor," hmm. and then he's, "Nah, mate, it was different, Eddie Jones. <laughs> you got it wrong, mate. <laughs> it was right. that, that, that was Roland Rett, mate. That wasn't me. Fake news. No, <laughs> yeah. <place of> Wales. <laughs> Roland Rett. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's an exciting weekend. Exciting weekend in rugby. I can't wait to it. Yeah, apart from obviously Ireland, no. Italy, no. which is... I'll be watching Queen's <laughs> Gloucester. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Worcester. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I presume they're going to start Joey Carberry. And I presume... Quinn's. Quinn's. <laughs> yeah, big big news on the pod. That's a, that's a sign-in. <laughs> that's a sign-in for Quinn's. They need coverage while Marcus is away. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll take Ireland's third-choice fly half. Um, no, but I think I think Ireland. They have to like, All they can do is try a few new combos, isn't it? Yeah. That's that's all they can get out of that. They have to prepare for life without Sexton. Sexton's obviously the plan to the end of the mm -hmm. World Cup, but in a similar way to Manu, yeah, you need to have a plan. But I was, I was listening to Ron Nogaro did an interview um, in the week, and he was saying everyone needs to calm down. Joey Carberry's only twenty five, like he's got another right eighteen months of development, which in an international shirt is. A long time. 27 and a half is, ex is when you're, <laughs> that's the, 
the absolute apex. That's it, apparently, according to Ronan. Right, okay. But his, his argument was more or less that he's got another 18 months to, to grow. So if he's this good now, or if he's good enough now, in 18 months' time, he could be you know, a really good international fly half. And basically, everyone stopped getting so antsy about life after Johnny. Yeah, no, I, I think, I, as I said, I don't think it was Johnny not being there that meant that they lost in France. You know. mm. um, in fact, I think, you know, as we talked about the implosion of Finn Russell, Sexton knows how to fucking throw a game. If he's not, things aren't going his way, and the old uh, steam comes out of his ears and suddenly he goes from being the best player in the world to being somebody who'd barely get picked for Hackney. <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love to see Johnny Sexton up on the marshes. One of my old clubs, Hackney. Is it? Yeah, he play, used to play on the wing for them. Okay, and, and and you texted Johnny and he never... Never turned up. Never turned up. Lazy. Lazy. I've always said that about Johnny Sexton. No <laughs> no work ethic. Doesn't, 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 doesn't enjoy it in Hackney on a Tuesday night. I, I, I tried to sell it to him that it was on Hackney marshes and therefore quintessentially boggy. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the sort of and he thought nostalgia you'd been, of a peat bog. I was just going to say, and he thought you'd been racist, and then yeah, and he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you 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 played on the wing for Hackney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that it's go? Because it's a pub side, so they've got lots of big fat lads. <laughs> <laughs> so you were the you were the slimmest. Yeah, the slimmest yeah, of the lads. Yeah. Oh, when I took it for properly uh, seriously, it was on the front row. But for Hackney, I was athletic. Yeah. I've, I've often thought that as you get older and you, you know di- battling with weight problems or whatever, the key to it is just to tell who's, everyone who's battling with weight problems. G- generic people out there in the world, okay. no one in this podcast. Okay, just generic humans, okay. neither of us. So if if you just tell people you used to be like eighteen stone, like if if everyone I met I was like, yeah, I've been working out. I used to be eighteen stone. Right. They'd be like, fantastic, That's amazing. You must have lost at least three foot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my new, that's my new plan. Right, it's good. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. So Six Nations. Did you see uh, Fabian Galtier's little uh, TikTok thing? TikTok thing. No, I didn't. So he's he's an interesting character because he's held on to his sanity more than most French coaches. Okay. Usually, when people get that French job, they just yeah. go cuckoo yeah. for cocoa puffs. And he sort of seems like a level-headed guy, but he started making TikToks with his daughter. So he's just he's just buying into all the, all the latest TikTok dance crazes. I mean, if he's just if he's doing it for his daughter, then good on him. Good, yeah, good sport. How much fun! If he's doing it to build a brand because he <laughs> he can see France going out in the first <laughs> round of the next World Cup, so he, he wants a he, he wants a future as an influencer. Then um, then maybe he should keep his eye on the ball. Imagine that. Imagine if the you know sunglasses he wears. Yes. Imagine if this was a long game. Imagine if he, just, he started wearing those two years ago. So everyone's like, what are those glasses? And he starts TikToking. And then come 2023, Le Solil by Fabien. It's, I mean, it's crafty. It's, crafty. <laughs> it's my new Bond villain. <laughs> Monsieur Soleil, yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. If it's just something to pass the time, you have some, you know, having fun with your daughter, fair play to you. But... Uh, it was interesting. The, a few English players got interviewed during the week about it, and they were sort of saying that if a coach of ours did that, you'd, it, lose, respect. you'd lose respect for them. Well, maybe the French are a little bit more accepting. I mean, look at the backlash to Dupont's uh, um, 
dressing gown on the front. <laughs> oh God! If our scrum half what wore a dressing gown, get over you prehistoric lump. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just a dressing gown. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I, I think there's something very repressed about <laughs> about well, about English people, but about English rugby culture in general, in particular. Uh-huh. I think I think you're right. I think French. I think Ronan O'Gara said when he went to La Rochelle. The hardest thing was to get the players to take what they were doing seriously. Because apparently there's a thing in French culture, a word actually in French culture, that means you basically don't want to try very hard. Like you want to be a bit loose and a bit right, okay. rebellious. A bit French. And a bit French, yeah. So he said a big part of his success at La Rochelle was figuring out how to translate things to French players right. in a way that they didn't think they were being too buttoned up or too tight and could still have fun. Right. So I, I wonder if this is just an expression of French rugby culture, that yeah. your coach can be a bit wild and dance and TikTok and I, I'm all for it yeah I'm all for, I mean not necessarily for TikTok but I am all for for not being too buttoned down not being too yeah um, you know throttling the life out of everything and playing with some uh, everybody should have a little bit more Frenchness in them that's yeah that's what I'm taking away from I agree because I can't can you, what, what would what would Eddie, Eddie Jones's TikTok <laughs> look like <laughs> Aren't there? <laughs> Just him denying things that he said. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Eddie Jones like lip syncing over old Eddie Jones. <laughs> Just his mouth moving like. No, I never said that. Yeah. No, I never said that. No, I never said that. <laughs> I'll never play with a ball playing twelve. I'll never play with a ball playing twelve. <laughs> Wayne Pivak, I think, would just stare at it. Just like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is it. But I, and. Uh, Farrell as well would have the same sort of yeah yeah yeah. He'd hide from his phone as if it'd be the first time he'd seen fire. <laughs> it does what? <laughs> I, th- I think the best would be Sean Edwards. I th- I- Hit it with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I was um, texting a comic friend uh, Russell Hicks this week about putting subtitles on clips on on uh, Instagram. And he said, oh, the best way to do it is through TikTok. And I said, oh, is this the moment that a 40-year-old man has to get on TikTok? And he went, just surrender, mate. The war is lost. Yeah. And I thought, God, mm. he might have a point. Have you, have you used it? No, I haven't. No. It's terrifying to use. Because, well, for one thing, it's re- I, f- I find it very like anxiety-inducing. Because it's just like this infinite scroll, never stops, and it just keeps showing you new shit. Unlike Instagram and Facebook, where you, sc- you actually move it with yourself. Oh, right. Oh, we sound about 105 years old right now. Okay. But Which is how much our age is combined. combined. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it just keeps showing you shit. Then the other thing is just like, it's until you filter your settings, it's always like teenage girls dancing. Sounds terrible. When I first got it, I just like threw my phone across the room. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Who's the, I don't, That's a set off my ankle tag. 100%. I'm not within 20 feet of a school. Fuck off. Leave me alone. Back to the under-20s rugby. Back to the under-20s rugby. But yeah, it, 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 it's, it, Russell's 100% correct. The war is lost. Yeah. We've got to do it. We've got, we've got, we've got to be on there. We all, we all need to follow more Fabian Geltes. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. If, 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 if this is what it means to be a little bit more French, then I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't have... It, that'd be a good French starter pack. It's like red wine, cheese, TikTok dance routine. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's an interesting trend in sport in general where could, because younger players expect more, they expect less didactics or top-down being told what to do. Right. And they expect more of a 
touchy-feely, you know. Like in, in, in the NFL, a lot of teams have started introducing social media breaks. So if you're doing a team meeting, like you go for your, you know, full team meeting and then break out into your defensive backs, linebackers, whatever, small groups. They have to introduce a social media break every 20 minutes. So that some of the like young... A, like a fag break. Like a fag break, yeah. But you just have to go out and be, they're, they're, they're allowed to just scroll for five, ten minutes and then come back into the room and split split them because like they were saying they can't get 22 year old players to concentrate for an hour my god yeah Ugh. so it makes it so it, it's interesting that if i mean it just i mean i don't want to sound like some sort of dinosaur but i mean in the nfl this last week it has really turned into the whinging season hasn't it mm. like every single what these sort of leak quarterbacks you wanted to look at up to uh, because they're sort of, you know, gods amongst men. And they're just whining about being told what to do, being told what to wear, told uh, the behaviour of their girlfriends. How about you just all shut the fuck up? I want to admire you, you bigoted pricks. <laughs> I want to admire you. You know Finn Russell, I'll tell you that. You take a penny out of his book, pick a leaf out of his book. Um, no, I know what you mean. I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is right at the front of that queue, isn't he? Of uh, guys that you... I remember thinking he was like the man of all men. Yeah. I, 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 after he won that Super Bowl, was it twenty twelve? Twenty twelve, yeah. And seeing him, not just his play being absolutely amazing, which it has, but it's still amazing, if not got better. But you'd see him on late night chat shows, and he seemed cool and modest and humble with just an, enough ego to be interesting and yeah and yet he's just the, the the he started eating his own tail and he's just become this well i think what's interesting about him was he came after brett Favre, obviously and brett Favre was this very braggadocious good old boy conservative american and then aaron rogers coming straight after him california boy like you say just he seems smart and yeah. funny and self self-deprecating but when you look into his backstory, you know his family doesn't speak to him, yeah, at all. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of human being you have to be for your family to say, "Nah, mate, we're not mm. speaking to you ever again." So does your family still talk to you? Mine don't. <laughs> talk to you. Thanks for bringing that up, Tom. <laughs> and the next five minutes will exclusively be dedica dedicated to David's therapy. Um, but you know he's obviously been rubbing people up the wrong way for a long time and maybe this is just now the real him well i mean this is this i mean this if we come back to the social media this is the whole thing of how just t looking into the black mirror at all times is so so erosive yeah because as i understand it and i don't really know what's going on in aaron rogers family but he stuck he was quite close with his brother but then his brother went on the bachelorette and was only on the bachelorette yeah. because he was aaron rogers his brother. He hadn't mm. achieved anything in his own right to be on a celebrity show. It was just the brother of a celebrity. And Aaron Rodgers didn't like that type of... You know, competition. Well, I don't think it was competition, but he thought it was pretty shallow and obnoxious. Mm. And it is. And that seems a, a relatively reasonable thing to think less of your brother about. But then you, f you hear that his parents aren't talking to him either. You think, oh, if your own mum won't talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a big line in the sand, isn't it? Yeah. Your mum. Because the rest of the family, like you say, you can fall Even out. Jimmy Savile's mum. Still liked him. <laughs> Likes Aaron Rodgers. 
<laughs> yep, absolutely. And um, who else? Like Jared Goff looks like he might be out of a job. That's a hell of a fall from grace. I mean, is he that bad? I mean, I've got a Detroit fan that just won't just like wants him out of the building. Mm. But I mean, he went to a Super Bowl, and you know, I mean, he wasn't the only one of the Rams team that shat the bed in that Super Bowl. They no. collectively did, and Detroit weren't that much worse. I mean, Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than that than Goff, no argument. Yeah, but I mean, they had that one year when they had Megatron and. Uh, Stafford, but they've been in the top five pick yeah. th throughout, so it's not like they've suddenly, oh, we were amazing with that, with Matthew Stafford and now we're shit. I was going to say, who are, who are these entitled Detroit fans who want to get rid of Jared Goff? It's like, <laughs> fuck off. Like You've been shit for a really long time. He's a reasonable... You've been wasting a good quarterback. Now you have what you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a exactly. ginger one. <laughs> That is a good symbiosis of city and hair color. <laughs> I feel like the Detroit. Rust. Yeah, rust. <laughs> Just <laughs> genetic mutations and rust. <laughs> Welcome to Detroit, everybody. I don't know even if he is. Is he ginger? He's blonde, isn't he, actually? Uh, goth. Goth. Yeah, but I feel like he's ginger in his soul. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he identifies. He as identifies ginger. as a ginger. Yeah, yeah. No, he's by all accounts as well. He's a really nice dude. Like he's one of these guys who he's kind of what you thought Aaron Rodgers was. Right. Okay. Like clever guy, self-deprecating, kind of knows where he sits in the league. Obviously, like, very, very competitive because you don't right, play yeah. professional sport without sure. being hyper competitive. Sure. But he, I think he's a guy who, if he retired, he'd have a great media career. Mm. He'd probably be a good front office guy. Be remembered quite well, right? Yeah. The thing I find really good, like when Tories start become likable after they resign. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. Michael Portillo doesn't seem like quite the cunt he did when he was in office. Yeah. Much less of now, a cunt. Now, now, now that he's talking about his love of choo-choo trains, <laughs> yeah. he doesn't seem so racist. There was a great joke, uh, an American comic called Robbie Slovak had this amazing joke about George Bush, similar to that. He's like, isn't it strange that like now he's just like painting and doing his art? Paints he paints wounded veterans in oil paintings. It's like George, you ever think about how any of them got wounded, and where did you get all that oil from? <laughs> but it's, it, that's exactly what you're saying. It's that thing of you become much less of a with a little bit of distance and a fun hobby. I love the way that you had showed some restraint. You you, you just there went, maybe we've used that word too much. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. Oh, one of us will be a professional one day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. We've got a, uh, what was it? Say, be the producer. So yeah, Phoebe. Want to stop wasting time with you fucking lemonheads? I'll crack on with my real job. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, Jarvis Landry looks like he might be on the move also. Yeah, I mean, I can't see why, why not. I mean, I mean, wide receivers aren't that thin on the ground, though. So, what, what, I mean, the more interesting thing is the teams like the Bucks who've got everything but a quarterback. I think that's because mm. well, you know now they've. I mean, Brady's been whinging as well this week, hasn't he? Because not not enough in his life has gone his way. <laughs> Always uh, said that about him. <laughs> yeah. God, what, oh, this poor boy needs a break, doesn't he, old Tom? <laughs> Yeah, if you could just have some luck. <laughs> um, but he's been whinging that 
Arians was taking out some of his favourite plays from the playbook because he thought Arians wasn't working hard enough, which just seems implausible. But um, it also just mounts more well, more evidence to the fact that Tom Brady is a psychopath. Oh, 100% a psychopath. <laughs> but also, I think it's it's likely that Bruce Arians wasn't working hard enough. He's a 68-year-old diabetic man. Yeah. Like, he needs a nap. He, yeah, he, fair enough. He and probably he, wasn't. He had, in the last few years... Becoming entirely camouflaged with the red of his <laughs> uniform. It's incredible. Just, I mean, is, is he actually a chameleon? What What if we put him in a different NFL uniform and he got that colour? Just like a giant who'd look yeah. like he'd really... Just you cold. Yeah. God, you've got a very strong felt. Oh, hang on, just put him in front of the Bengals. Yeah. Whoa. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> it's the tiger that came to the sidelines. <laughs> No, you're right. He had, he had a, uh, an epic combination of red not seen since since Jim Telfer on the 1997 Lions tour. <laughs> Just that, like, single tone <laughs> of exertion and blood pressure medication. Yeah. Just streaming How through. How has he got to 70? Yeah, you, you, you did. People like knock American healthcare be like, he must be okay if he's still alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kept old Brucey going. Um, the, um, the, the old... Uh... Uh, Eagles coach that now is at um, Andy, Kansas City. Andy Reid. Andy, that guy works at a health facility, right? <laughs> he works in a building with a gym. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I put on a huge amount of weight when I started doing stand-up comedy, but that's because when you arrive at a comedy club, you're offered lager and nachos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what happens to? Well, the problem is, I think Andy Reid. Andy Reid walks through the stadium to get to the health facility, <laughs> so he's in the same. <laughs> He's in the same journey as you. <laughs> Couple of buds, nachos. Oh, the bench press. No, I'm sort of, I'm done for the day, really. Who do you think will be the quarterback of Pittsburgh Steelers next year? That is a fucking great question. Because they didn't, they did draft one a couple of years ago. Yeah, I can't even remember his name. I can't remember his name either because they tried him out in a few preseason games and it was, it was one of those like, oh, this ain't going to, this Randolph? ain't going to fit. Yeah, yeah, Randolph. That's right. Because it's been... Brian Randolph. Oh, cheers, Phoebes. Thank you very much, Phoebes. Um, But also well done for you. On it's the... close. Close, close, very close. Because um, he doesn't seem like the real deal. No. In the sort of brief, few brief outings he's had, which means you're dipping into free agency. And I don't think there's that many big names out there this year. No, well, um, the only one is... Uh, Russell. Yeah. Not Finn. <laughs> For a change. Yeah. Well, I mean, why not have him? Would you would. Like. If, you were, <laughs> if you were Mike Tomlin, you'd be like, I'll have, I'll have a look at this Finn lad. <laughs> I mean, it's distributing a ball. How different can it be? Yeah, exactly. And he, look, he looks great in a ball gown. We'll take... <laughs> Thinking for both reasons. Uh, he, yeah. he, he would be the best looking girl in Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Pittsburgh a couple of times at work and it was <laughs> it was like it was like going to Leeds but with more guns and fewer chromosomes. <laughs> um so, so yeah, uh I forgot the other name of the other Russell. Oh, um Wilson. Wilson. Um, where he, is he going to be a Buck or a Pittsburgh Steeler? You'd think he would be a Buck, wouldn't you? You'd think he's going to. He's got more weapons. If so, I think all those guys chat right. I reckon he's a lot of a conversation with Tom Brady. 
and said, can I work with Bruce? Is he going to be alive at the end of the year? Um, who's who's coming back? You know, I think he could have got some good intel. I feel like the Steelers, Russell would be asked to play a bit less the role he was playing in Seattle. I think he might have to conform to more of a system that they've been running for a long time. I mean, as we, as we, this uh, the subject matter of this podcast really has been my man crushes. <laughs> um, I would go nowhere else other than Pittsburgh if I had an opportunity to be told what to do by Mike Tomlin. <laughs> what a man. Every day, I think. Is there anything I could do to be a little bit more like him? Yeah. Uh, and I very rarely come up with a good answer. Yeah. But he is he's just the coolest man in the universe. He does seem really, really cool, doesn't he? Yeah. Sometimes when he has to call time out, like, and he's got seconds, to, and he just walks up behind the ref and goes, "Time out." Like any other head coach in the world, is throwing, throwing parts of their clothing, yeah. exploding. Yeah. Mike's just like, come on. The refs like, say it again, say it again, Mike. So, yes, whisper it. <laughs> Do it one more time. Oh. I'll call it again for you. <laughs> call me, call, call me by your time out. So yeah. So Tomlin is my bond. <laughs> Finger Bond girl. From girl. Right? And um, Bruce Arians can be Q. <laughs> it's M, surely. M. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, just an old an old one. Old one up in the stands. Yeah. No, I think well if so, if Russell Wilson went to the Steelers, he would be walking into a better organization, but maybe yeah. not but maybe not a better team. Mm. And I think I wonder if Russell thinks he's got three years left to win, four years left to win. I mean with to- with what Tom Brady's done, I think so many quarterbacks are now thinking, I can do this till I'm 38, 39. Maybe not as 45 like Tom Brady did, but you know I can maybe play. R- Russell's I think 33, 34. So I think he could. He- he's maybe thinking another six years. In which case the Steelers would be like, yeah, I'm here for the long haul. Yeah, better organization. I think he- I hope he does move somewhere because all, all the Steelers um, fans I've met are particularly annoying. Yeah, they're, they're all people that. Um, that about eight years ago got into craft beers, beards, tattoos in American football, and Steelers and the, the uh, Seahawks happened to be the good team at the time. Yeah. Whenever I met an English Seahawks fan, I can carbon date when they became a fan to about 18 months. Yeah, and the only good thing about it was it was about 12 to 18 months before they lost that Super Bowl. Yeah. Cause I, I've, I've got a friend like that. He's How like, heartbreaking for them to win the most boring Super Bowl of all time and lose the most exciting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because um, I've, I've got a friend who is exactly what you're describing. Right. Yeah, and he's, he's never... a beard because of personality would just be too much like hard work. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't got a beard because he can't. Oh, my God, but he's devastating. He's, Can you imagine? Yeah, but he's, he's, he's got a series of, of, of ironic T-shirts. So he's, <laughs> you know, it's the next best thing. Terrible. What a terrible play of the cards from Lady Luck. What, I haven't got a personality and I can't grow a beard? Yeah. What is left for me? Podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sat across from you every week, buddy. <laughs> I'd like it to be known I'm here under duress. <laughs> And I'm here willing to undress. Uh, so, but because we're both Giants fans, um, which I think is a much more moral yes. high ground than being a Seattle Seahawks fan. Yeah. 
It is. When did you when, when did you start following the Giants? Uh, really early doors. Um, and it was utterly luck. I mean, look at me just saying, uh, I was I was like six, seven. Uh, American football was on the TV. I asked my mum for American ju- uh, football jersey for Christmas when all my friends at school wanted Arsenal mm. tops. And uh, this is pre-internet, so my mum's having to go through the yellow pages, drive us around these little country villages to find these weird uh, independent sports uh, yeah, um, they not only had an American football jersey, which in and of itself yeah, back then was rare, but to have children's ones. Yeah, and finally there was one, and I walked in, and they knew that we were coming, and said, "Do you want to be a giant or a bear?" And I just randomly said, "Giant," <laughs> and and that, I even tried being when they. I thought, "Oh, I might like to be a fan of a team in their very first year." Mm. So, I, and the fact that the Ravens are named after a poem. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to go to drama school at the time, which I did then go on to drama school. That was a success story. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I thought, oh, yeah, be a, be a fan in the, the opening year. Mm-hmm. And it's named after a poem. It's so yeah. me. Um, and then they beat the Giants in the Super Bowl, and I was heartbroken. So it turns out you can't change your team. No. No, I think I, I was a little bit later. I was like mid, mid-2000s. Was a, we did a family trip. Well, when they first – oh, because uh, a lot – British Giants fans were from that first trip. Super, yeah, Super Bowl. No, the first trip of uh, oh. an NFL team. Oh no, it was before then. Oh, it was right. before then because it was that. So the yeah, because the year they came to the Britain the first time was that was that Super Bowl. Two thousand yeah. seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, this was a we did a family holiday to America, and I think I think at some point I was I was you know always into New York, and I was like, if I'm going to support an, an American football team, it should be for the city that right. I like the most. Yeah. So I'll just go for that, and they weren't very good at the time. So the Tiki Barber, Kerry Collins, yeah, years. Yeah, no, yeah, they weren't very good during that. But it felt it felt good after that to you yeah. started supporting a team who would, and then you got two Super Bowls. And worked got, out for you. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, yeah, every year just getting to watch Eli Manning's rubbery little face of incredulity I getting up from. Him. I still miss him. He's great. He's my cue. <laughs> he's a great cue. Yeah. That's a great. Would you have him or Peyton as your cue? No, I've got to have a giant. Yeah, no, Eli's good because he, he would be not emotionally invested in anything Bond did or said. <laughs> he's incapable. Like, exactly like he wasn't in <laughs> yeah. what the Giants did. Yeah, just, just, <laughs> bo- bo- yeah, Bond's blown up Q's arm and he's just like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? That's what I thought Eli looked like he was about to say every time he got sacked. Why would you do that? Yeah. That's that's just mean. I don't I don't know why. We talked before the game. You seem nice. You seem like a God fearing Christian. Yeah. I met your mama. He ain't raised you better than that. he's uh him and Peyton doing those Monday night football things is a lot of fun. Yeah. Have you watched any of those? No, again, I don't I kind of don't want to hear my heroes talk. <laughs> but you can hear Eli Manning, surely. That's fine. They're actually they're actually great because it's just two brothers taking the piss out of each other right. for whatever it is three hours at a time, and they, and they get great guests. You're looking red. No, you're looking red. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think my forehead is marginally higher than yours. And <laughs> um, they, they had Tom Brady on, and Eli Manning dropped the best joke. It's like Tom Brady's still trying to do you know corporate patter. He's still playing right. for the books at the time. Right. So he's like, hey, Eli, you know. I always thought when we played each other, it was a real tough game. And I always thought playing you guys was uh, was real tough. And Eli just came back and went, uh, I never had any problems playing you, Tom. <laughs> Especially those two times. 
And, Pey- and Tom Brady is like, you motherfucker, I can't believe you just sandbagged me on national television <laughs> when I was trying to be all nice. Oh. That was really quick. It doesn't it come easy to him, though. What, being nice? Yes. Oh, no. No, you feel like uh, you feel like there's just a, a, a basement full of dead pets in Tom Brady's house. <laughs> and there's a lot of rabbits that didn't make it. <laughs> you say rabbits, I think they're ex-girlfriends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Either way, they were bunnies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Do you want to? Should we finish with some predictions for the weekend? Um, can I? Can I just say? I think it was actually Quentin Randolph. Uh, I feel like your fans are going to be like a stickler. So if I <laughs> if I've said the wrong Bang. thing, I have a feeling you were talking about Quentin Randolph earlier. I don't know who Brian Randolph is. There's quite a lot of Randolphs <laughs> in the NFL. It turns <laughs> out. I I hope Brian Randolph is a. Uh, well and safe. Well and safe, wherever he is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I just wanted to clear that one up before anyone got too. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Go yeah. Yeah. If my mum wants to write in with any uh, <laughs> any problems on Quentin Randolph, um, right? Predictions for the Six Nations games for the weekend. So we got France, Scotland, England, Wales, Ireland, Italy. Wait, what are you thinking? I'm going to say France because I like to either be right or be happy. Great answer. Um, and England will beat Wales. Yeah. I'm gonna I would go England by I think it'll be a decent margin. I think England by like twelve. Mm. And I think France will beat Scotland by about the same. I think France are gonna have too much for them. And I agree with you. If it's wet up there, France are a bigger, more physical Monsters, team. That pack. With better decision makers across the pitch. Yeah. Um and Scotland are got a reduce like got a weakened pack. Yeah. So and then um yeah, unless the island plane gets rerouted to Minsk <laughs> they're going to beat Italy comfortably uh, alright even then if, if the Ireland team doesn't turn up Italy have to play their own under 20 side and then <laughs> lose to them too there's six Irish fans in the crowd walking down we make up the numbers we make up the numbers come on uh, Grand alright this has been another episode of uh, Odd Shape Balls thanks for listening thank you Bang on an hour, look at that.